I spent my early years in Ghana, West Africa, raised by an aunt who was generous with her love. We weren't rich, but I never knew it. My aunt fed me well with delicious food and warm affection. I was certain of her love. Now, does this mean there were no rules or discipline? Far from it. My aunt's love for me included rules, boundaries, and her expectation of obedience. I had incredible fun and freedom with her, but there were certain things I simply could not do. And yet I didn't doubt my aunt's love because of her rules. In fact, the generosity of her love told me that her rules were good for me. Friends, we find an incredibly generous God in Genesis 3. He had formed and fashioned a man and a woman in his own image and provided bountifully for them from that same ground. The couple had abundant food to enjoy that appealed to their senses, their sight and taste. And yet there was one boundary, a single forbidden tree. Certainly, the generosity of God's care should have shouted to the man and the woman, this one commandment is for your good. We know, of course, that they acted as though they were deaf to that truth. And still, God's generosity prevailed. In judgment, he showed stunning mercy. Chapter 2 of The Seed of the Woman will boast of the God who covered the depraved woman with mercy and inserted her into his glorious drama of redemption. I pray that his spirit would help you to trust that his commandments for you are good and that his mercies never fail, even when you do. Chapter 2, The Fall and the Seed, The Fall of Mankind and the Seed of Woman, Genesis 3. The Bible introduces human speech with a serenade to woman. Adam's Genesis 2.23 song to his bride are his only words recorded before the fall. Man was created first, but woman wasn't received as an inferior second. On the contrary, she was welcomed as the complimentary gift that canceled God's not good pronouncement of Genesis 2.18. The union of Adam and woman completed God's work of creation on the sixth day. Genesis 2 closes with the pair together, naked and not ashamed. Genesis 2:25. The next chapter opens in the same glorious setting, God's garden in Eden. But the splendor of Genesis 1 and 2 is followed by the treachery of Genesis 3, 
God had provided bountifully for the first couple. His words to Adam were these, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Genesis 2, 16 to 17. Presumably, woman knew these words. Yet soon after the chapter begins, we find her in conversation with a talking snake. And the topic is snack time. Like a sneaky gossip, fishing for news, the serpent probed, twisting God's command from generous to stingy. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Genesis 3, 1. The exact opposite was true. The couple could eat of every tree but one. Woman's answer, or perhaps Adam's intercession, should have crushed this lie with swift truth. Instead, woman's first recorded words in scripture alter God's command by adding, adding a prohibition never given. We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Genesis 3, 2 to 3. The animal that the couple had been created to rule was now schooling woman and questioning God. The serpent wasted no time in casting doubt on God's motives. You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, 4 to 5. He slandered God and dismissed his threat as untruthful. We watch as woman is dragged away and enticed by her own desire, which conceives and gives birth to sin. James 1, 14 to 15. She looked at the forbidden tree. She took, ate, served some to her husband, and he ate. Most caregivers of children will tell you that no one has to teach a child to sin. Playrooms can testify that the smallest kid is capable of bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, along with every form of malice. Ephesians 4.31 Sin is natural to us from infancy. Theologians call this original sin, and it refers not to the initial transgression committed, but to the effects of that first sin. God gave Adam and woman rule over creation. So when they rebelled, their corruption impacted everything within the bounds of their dominion. This includes us, people who originate from this earliest couple. We are sinners, not merely because we sin, 
but because we became innately sinful with that first bite of forbidden fruit. Woman swallowed that fruit and looked up to find deception. The meal had opened her eyes, not to wisdom, but to the reality of her guilt and shame. She and Adam scurried about the garden, picking up fig leaves for covering. Genesis 3-7. Their sinful distrust of God had brought alienation between them. The shameless nudity of Genesis 2.25 was gone, and so was peace with Yahweh Elohim. God judged woman and Adam, but not without mercy. The snake who dared to command unauthorized dominion in his garden was cursed to crawl on his belly, always eating dust. Genesis 3.14 Woman whom he sought to convert as an ally was made his mortal enemy. She would bear a child who would crush his head. The serpent's attempt to strike back would land no higher than the crush's heel. Genesis 3.15 Theologians call Genesis 3.15 the Proto-Evangelum the first gospel announcement. This is the earliest verse that declares a coming savior. A seed of the woman would come to defeat the deceiving serpent. And from this point onward, scripture begins to trace the woman's promised seed in a line that passes through Seth, Noah, Abraham, Jacob's sons, and ultimately ends with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Matthew 1, verse 1 to 17, Luke 3, 23 to 38. In many ways, the big story of scripture surrounds this struggle between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. Whether it's Cain against Abel, Genesis 4, Pharaoh against Israel, Exodus 1, 14. Goliath against David, 1 Samuel 17. Or the murderous religious leaders against Jesus, John 8, 39-44. The Bible shows the pattern of two communities of people, those redeemed by grace and those who oppose the redeemed. This cosmic battle is finally settled by the victorious work of Christ, that is, his life, death, resurrection, and second coming. Revelation 20, 10. God was gracious to insert the depraved woman into his glorious drama of redemption. Woman would die in time, but on that day she's named Eve, mother of the living Genesis 3.20. She and Adam would multiply as ordained at the beginning. Genesis 1.28. Eve would bring forth children in pain. Genesis 3.16. And she would do so outside of the garden. 
the first couple was driven out to work the ground east of Eden until death returned them back to dust. Genesis 3, 23 to 24. But they didn't go empty-handed. God replaced their wilting leaves with clothing of his own making. Genesis 3.20. The woman who was serenaded at creation was covered at the fall. And the God of Genesis 3 continues to trade insufficient coverings for his own garment. Every woman who is tempted to hide her guilt and shame behind the false garbs of self-righteousness and self-help can rejoice. Eve's greatest son, the seed of the woman, exchanges our due condemnation for his own righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Today, God welcomes us like our mother Eve, to receive the imperishable garment that he alone provides. His covering doesn't wilt and fade in this painful life east of Eden. Eve's story in Genesis 4 will testify to this.